Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuned in listening to WWVU-FM Morgantown 81.7 here on U92 The Moose. This is the Cinematic Odyssey. Last week, we pulled a fast one on you. <laughs> you probably thought, ooh, Fanny and Alexander, what is this? Nope. I'm sorry. It's actually, Neil Breen. Actually, no, we're not. We're not sorry. Findings. <laughs> April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, this week, though, we're actually doing a serious episode, a real one. Yeah. On uh, Hong Kong's second wave filmmaker, the most famous one. Uh, it goes by the name of Wong Kar Wai. This is his 1995 effort, Fallen Angels. Um, it's a part of a series of films that he's very famous for, at least his style, his aesthetic, um, that he he dives real deep into. Uh, visually speaking, uh, his visual style is extremely unique to him. There, there isn't any other filmmaker whose films look like his. Um, he's sort of like Wes Anderson in the sense that he yeah. sticks to what his visual language is. Like, yeah, um, yeah, because there's In the Mood for Love, Chunking Express, Twenty Forty Six, Happy Together, and also Fallen Angels uh, falls within that category. Mm-hmm. This is the third film of his that I've seen. I've seen In the Mood for Love and Chunking Express, both of which I enjoyed, but I didn't, I don't know, it didn't click with me as this one did. Uh, this one blew me away. I I thought this was incredible. Um, I loved everything about it. Uh, and I just generally enjoyed the atmosphere a lot more in this film uh, than in the other two that I've seen. I, I think I just... Cl- liked the characters a little bit more um i just kind of enjoyed what was going on um with their like the relationships or dynamics and whatnot yeah and like the the obviously all of his films deal with love and romance um that's just kind of like his genre of choice um i mean this one's a little bit more violent there's like crime aspects to it yeah, but generally the the overarching theme is like about love and finding love and you know whatnot. Love being a partnership. Y- yeah, or or just like togetherness. Mm-hmm. That that's the word I would pull. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I mean, it, it there's also like a non-romantic love in this with the son and his father. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I I thought it was brilliant, and. And I know this is your first one car Y film that mm-hmm. you've seen, so No, it's it's really cool how he shoots this. You know, like you said, Wes Anderson, his his style is, you know, symmetrical. You've got to keep that that balance. You've got the color scheme. I mean, Wong Kar Wai also sits sits in that that color theme. This this film is very dark. We've got a lot of neon lights, tail lights. Um it's not super well lit, but that you know feeds into his his aesthetic the because it all takes place at night and it feeds into just you know when these people are out and about doing their business because you're right it's crime filled uh one character is a hitman one is um an ex-convict i i'm not clear on whether he escaped or if he's he was just released and used to be is is or was a convicted criminal Mm -hmm. um you know One's a partner to that. There is a prostitute, and there is a um, a cop. I don't know, Charlie. Like I think she's a flight attendant later on. Honestly, <laughs> oh, but I thought that uniform she was wearing was like a cop's uniform. That might be. I I don't know. I don't that, know. That's what it reminded me of. At least that might not be a hundred percent. But you know, it it takes it took getting used to for me. Because his style gets you really, really close into the action. You know, if somebody's cleaning up the room, you're not going to have a wide shot of the room and seeing the person move about. The camera's moving about while the person does the action. It's yeah. very close, intimate. Yeah, and the lenses too. I don't know what kind of lenses he's using. I think they're like wide lenses. They're sort of like fisheye, sort of, where it's like this circle, this invisible circle that it kind of zooms in in the center and then everything 
um yeah there yeah. a kubrick kubrick i there's some shots in in kubrick films where he uses these types of lenses uh to focus on like characters in the center and then everything around is distorted yeah sort of mm-hmm. yeah he, long long car like plays with that a lot uh, in this film yeah the um cinematographer um tommy doyle was his name uh he you're right he uses this lens to distort the center of the frame so that it messes up the face of the uh protagonist uh, or, or, uh, of the character as it sits in the center and it's meant it was meant to show like their um like indecision of their lack of clarity and on who they are or what they're doing or mm. their purpose stuff like that oh, okay uh, i read into it he, he's an australian guy um and he's worked on a lot of um chinese and uh taiwanese hong kong films oh okay uh but you know i gotta say i wasn't there were some shots that i was like absolutely a fan of Mm. the one that sits outside the apartment and shows the time lapse of the street on the right side oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was beautiful i loved Mm. that but i i I can't say that like the cinematography the camera work was my favorite part of this because i absolutely love how this film was written because Mm. there's very few conversations yeah. There's very few scenes. It's mostly action driven and it's it's not it's not silent. But if there's someone speaking, there is a very good chance that it's narration instead. Right. And I kind of love that, mm. especially knowing how it turns out at the end, hearing the narration of, you know, each character through their path. Um keeping it in the present tense like this is currently happening um you know i'm gonna gush about the bare naked ladies later on when we when we get to the ending um because you know i can't i can't not bring them up ever (laughs) but like i i respect the writing of this so much it's so well set because it's not imposing. It doesn't jam meaning down your throat. No. But it's so soaked in there. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It captures a feeling very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this kind of lonely, but like wandering, uh, kind of like um, nomadic kind of, uh, there you go. That's the word. Good Paul. Nomadic esque kind of vibe uh, with these characters that just kind of wander yeah and meander through the streets of hong kong and you know there's always this line that comes up you know uh i bump or you uh you rub shoulders against people yes and rubbing it's, elbows. Yeah. yeah 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 and it's like sometimes those people you don't you know from the past they may not remember you you might remember them yeah vice versa or uh there may something something may go down between the two of you or not yeah um and it's just like this very yeah uh, this feeling i don't even know how to describe the feeling that this film captures but what it is it's yeah it's very kind of fluid and oh yeah free f- like very freeing or liberating but also kind of restrictive mm-hmm. in a way cuz everything we see is gritty and uh it's it's all set in the nighttime and these these characters that we see they're they're kind of like stuck in their one mode of existence like with the hitman he doesn't like to make decisions he has people make decisions for him that's why he likes being a hitman uh with the guy that can't speak but can hear like he's mute and then he just kind of harasses people till they give him money you know he over I love that. T- he takes like he goes to bin- businesses at three in the morning and runs them, but in reality he just harasses people that are happen to be there. He sells <laughs> he sells their stuff while they're off the clock. Yeah, yeah. And of course he keeps the money, but like, yeah, it's it. Yeah, and then also with the, the blondie and um, yes, the other women in this film, they're just kind of like. Some are autonomous, 
sort of, but they're just kind of there, you know, to yeah. foils as for these like men, these two men. Yeah. Um, but also too, the men are in a way foils to the women, like with the the kid who can't speak, mm-hmm. like how he falls in love with that one girl and she's yeah. just kind of not really thinking about him too much. She's thinking about another guy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, it's beautiful. And, and the, I'll be honest, this, this kind of story, it's, it, it, and again, with the speech, it's very minimal. So you're relying on the few words that we get, the camera angles showing who's who to, you know, pick up on, on, you know, which character is hap- is walking around right now. This was far, this is what I was expecting Magnolia to have. It's way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again, it's way closer <laughs> to what Love Actually does because it's got, because, no, because um, the girl that uh, the mute gentleman goes and, and is in love with, mm. she's always, she's looking for this woman in Blondie who stole her man. Yeah. Who's Blondie? Oh, that's the um, prostitute that the hitman is... Uh, in a brief tryst with, and so like, you know, it it they all connect, and then the hitman's partner, um, partner in a business sense, rubs shoulders, huh? There it is, or rubs elbows with um, the mute guy after you know. The other girl has has since moved on from him, like that level of connection, that sort of. Oh, you know, we, we, we run into people all the time mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of who remembers who or what, what feeling are you picking up? Because, you know, it's that thought of, you know, uh, like soulmates or partners. Are these the people that we are meant, are meant to be with or are they just the people that we happen to interact with? Like, could I, for example, have walked past the perfect person for me on the street earlier today. It's entirely possible. I didn't meet anybody on the street today. So it's just kind of like, is that going to happen? Will that happen? And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, it's like, um, what's the expression? Is it like shooting stars in the night? Like they don't cross, but they're like there. They never meet, but they're like, it's like parallel lines. There we go. Mm. Something like that. They 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 get, all, they get close. They can get so close, but they never meet. intersect. No, asymptote. That's what it is. Okay. The asymptote, or no, eh, whatever that is. No, it's a math term. It's when you get closer and closer to zero, but it never actually touches zero. Oh, I know what you're referring to. Yes. Yeah. See, I've got the, I've got that visual mouth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking to you all in HD. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Not that zoom. Quality, goofy all zoom quality. (laughs) (laughs) It's all compressed. (laughs) Our our voice sounds pixelated. I mean, my voice sounds pixelated on there, and I'm using a mic. I use a mic. Yeah, that's because whenever you don't go right into it, it just cuts out. (sighs) No, it's the compression. I think (laughs) that's why it sounds not as good as now. Anyways, anyways. (laughs) No, there are so many good beautiful quotes in this film i mean like immediately there are there are really good um scenes throughout like i love uh you know very beginning the hitman is on the what is it the cable car the bus mm-hmm. heading away from his first hit of the night yeah and there's a guy from high uh, grade school that he knows on the bus yeah and and the the, the line is um, even hitmen have friends from grade school, I'm like yeah. I mean it's yeah. it's funny because like I did I I don't think about that, but right. presumably anyone in career knows people from their childhood, and it's just a matter of you know how they turn out. He's doing insurance, invites into his wedding. Does all that fun stuff, <laughs> and he he doesn't let the other guy talk. He just. He just goes on, rambles on, on, on about on. about insurance. Well, he asks him, "Does he have?" A fa-? He asks him, "And do you have a family?" And then yeah. he shows him a picture of like 
uh, a picture that he took with a black woman. Yeah. And like a child that they had. But in reality, she just he just paid the the woman to take a picture, so she so he could lie to people if they ever ask him. Oh, do you have a family? Yeah, you were married, and he just got the he just bought this kid ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. That's the <laughs> like he it, it wasn't he didn't do anything like he didn't marry he didn't have like this emotional complex relationship he found somebody and said hey mm-hmm. take a picture with me I'll pay you. I will pay you. It was 30 bucks. It was pretty good money for a picture. <laughs> a picture. And you can be like a fake wife. You don't have to call. You don't have to talk. You don't yep. have to have custody of the imaginary child. It's yep. great. Yeah. And then he invites him to his wedding. Yeah. And then he throws the invitation out the window when he, when he leaves the bus. Yeah. Because weddings aren't his scene. Yeah, as which he says. valid. <laughs> I mean... Frankly, if there yeah. was a hitman at my wedding, I would not be enthused. Well, it's not like he knows. Well, yeah, but like, even if I didn't know, I I don't know if I would prefer that. Yeah, no, you're right. He's actually just set to take out my father-in-law or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> my God, Brad. Brad. His name's Brad. I've manifested that. It's true now. Okay. <laughs> um, what's uh you know what's interesting though about the partner or the hitman's partner they never meet until the end of the film they never actually cross paths or see each other I mean, did, you, did you notice that i mean they're in the same place aren't they well they're in like the same place but they never are in the same place together at the same time no that's true yeah She's they, always in his apartment when he's not there. Exactly. And then when he's back, she's gone already. Mm-hmm. She's trying to look into his into his window and see if he's home. You're right. You're exactly right. They only they only meet when um at the end of the film, towards the end of the film. And they talk, but we never hear their conversation. Cuz we only hear them talk about each other over narration. And there's like a long sequence, you know, where uh she um oh man what happens she like there's this bar that they go to or that they frequent but um they never again they never meet at the same time or they never meet each other and yeah he doesn't does he leave when there's a, there's a moment where he says to the bartender he's like there's going to be a girl coming in that's looking for me. Yeah. Tell her, this is my lucky number, 1818. And it's a song on the jukebox. It's yeah. like very, it's kind of like a heartbreak song or whatever. It's his coded message like to her. Telling her, yeah, that I'm I'm done. Yeah. And, um, he, and he's, he wants to not be a hitman anymore. Yeah. He wants to move on. He wants to not do that. Yeah. And she's, you know, heartbroken by that. Because she is infatuated with him. She's obsessed with him. But it's so interesting. It's just never, they never meet. Yeah. She never meets him. It's just like a, it gets, um, I don't know what I could compare that to. Like a, oh, I guess like a parasocial relationship, like with Twitch streamers and, and chatters. Oh, jeez. Like, like the chatters, the chat, like the people on on that follow or subscribe to that streamer, they never will probably ever meet the streamer. Yeah, but they act, they think that they're their friend because they like read their comment on the chat every once in a while if they get lucky. Oh, if they're noticed by the streamer, you know that kind of thing. I mean, I think I think that kind of relationship would be us if we never met in studio. And did anything within the, or at least, I mean, that's, that's, it's kind of like us. I mean, I'm not going into your apartment at night and no. cleaning it and going through the trash. <laughs> no. But like, no, I mean, we, we meet and, and we do our thing. Right. Yeah. But they never meet. That's true. But uh, I mean, they're in the same place. They're, they're in the same business. They're in the same realm. And she's his partner, so she, they communicate. And she sets up his um, hits. She tells him basically what's going to happen. And and 
Plus, he, I, I feel as though he's got a certain kind of obligation to her, or at least he feels he has that obligation to her because he does agree to do one final hit yeah. with, uh, with her. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest with you, my, my take from this is that she tips off the people he's going to, and that's why he gets killed. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like a setup. There was like so many people there. Yeah. Like he was, she probably sent him to die. Yeah, I, I think she absolutely set him up. <laughs> That's what I think. I think she was she would be upset that he wants to abandon her in, in her mind, and she would be like, uh-huh. Oh, you're going to abandon me. Mm. See ya. And then and then calls in the um the heavy artillery. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the other character, the mute guy. Love him. Love him. He I don't know whose character I like more. I I mean I like them both a lot, the hitman and the and the the mute man. Cause the <laughs> the mute guy is just like funny. I always laughed when he was on screen. He just was very funny. To me he's animated yeah because he would just harass people and make them pay him like there's that one instance where he is uh harassing that one guy he's like trying to give him a haircut yes and he's pulling his hair and he <laughs> he was gonna give him a shave he's gonna give him a shave with a razor like a <laughs> single blade razor swingy todd much yeah and i was like oh he's gonna that's a little that's a little sketchy you yeah. might you might kill the guy uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "I will pay you to not shave me." Yeah, which is I love that little bit of like irony because I think that's present throughout the thing, mm. throughout the film is that irony of I will pay you to not shave my face. Mm. Kind of like everything's upside down at night. Everything's different. Everything's switched. The way that we do things in the in daylight hours are not the same way we do them at night. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then he he has like a, his his relationship with his father is very interesting. Oh, it's so sweet. It's it's because it's like his father. Well, his his mother died, and uh, what is it? She was hit by an ice cream truck. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a scene where he steals an ice cream truck and feeds a family ice cream, and they're. And they're worried that they're being fed too much ice cream. So they pay him to stop feeding them ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. No, that, that's that's beautiful. And, like, he, he was offering his father ice cream. And then dad was like, no, I don't want ice cream. Mm-hmm. Why? Because this is what happened to your mother. Like, it's kind of absurd. But it's so... It's funny and it's sweet, but it's also, God, I don't know. Like, I love the father-son relationship so much. Mm -hmm. Especially when he gets the camera and records records him cooking. That that was so sweet. Yeah, that was like, yeah, it was very heartwarming. That was a very happy moment. (laughs) I... When he's watching the uh, the tape back, I, I was I was watching the movie in public, and I I was I was in tears and I I you watched re- it in public. I I watched the last twenty minutes in public, and I, <laughs> that was a rough decision. <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, boy!" <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, I figured, you know, we'll just have no explanation. There's just. Max inexplicably in a chair <laughs> sobbing over steak. <laughs> but but it's not about the steak. Yeah. It's no. about the fact that he would watch that video when his son went to bed. And Yeah. You know like the 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 notices um the mute man he noticed everything that his 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 father did. He, he noticed the points that he laughed at and he didn't know what he was laughing at, but he mm. knew that he was laughing and mm. therefore enjoying it. Yeah. And oh my God, that was like so, like so the, heartwarming. When he said um, the line, he says, you know, I won't ever have his stakes again. 
but I will always remember what they taste like. Yes. That was just like, wow, that's so good. In context. Yeah. I mean, out of context, it doesn't really mean much, but yeah, it's, it's, that's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like that, that kind of memory, that love that he had for his father while you, I mean, when you see them interact, it may not seem very loving. No, not at all. Um, he's just kind of like pestering his dad and annoying him. And then his dad's like, can you just leave me alone, please? Shut up. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? He's going to the bathroom and the son opens the door. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. But like in that, m- when, when his father is watching the tape back, he's like smiling and having a good time and, you know. And then when he dies, uh, spoiler alert, uh, his son's watching the tape back and he's like smiling and having a good time and he's remembering his father. Yeah, it's very, that's very, that's that's one of my favorite parts of this entire film. God, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Because um, it's like one of the very few, I'd say it's the happiest moment of the film. Maybe aside from the ending? Maybe. I mean, there are moments of hope, I think. I think there are moments of, of joy throughout. I mean, there's the um, there's one. I got his name. Uh, Ho Chi Mo is the mute guy. When he and Charlie, who is the person that he uh, is infatuated with, he keeps running into her night after night after night because she's on the phone with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um trying to talk things out over voicemail and on the phone which is not how it works and he thinks it and it's ex- apparently expressed on his face and charlie agrees and he's like yeah she's like yeah you're right but where was i going with this um mama mia where was i going with that i don't know oh well uh <laughs> 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 uh I don't know. I'm going to take a complete left turn, though. This reminded me a little bit of Yi Yi. Oh, really? Okay. If I'm being honest. Because, yes, life is sensational a little bit here. There are action sequences. It's it's not ordinary life. It's extraordinary life. Mm-hmm. You've got hitmen, and you've got nightlife, and burglary, and robbery, and um, mandatory ice cream consumption. But... In a way, there there are a lot of these lingering still shots. There are long moments where we're engaged with the character and not much is really happening, but we're just seeing different angles of the same same image. Um, for example, I think when um, the hitman's partner goes to the bar and plays the secret message song, we, we, we stick with her. For the entirety of the song. The song is not a lyrical song. The song doesn't have many words, if any. And if they were, there were words, they were not uh, translated for me. But um, she's just leaning on the jukebox. Because she, she, knows, she knows the meaning. She knows the song. She understands it. And we're just left to sit there and listen to the song. Yeah. And be immersed in her experience. Uh, uh, in her life, and that reminded me of Yi Yi just because of the it was the staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. It was staying involved in this person's life, and, and 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 you know, not kind of oh, it's not important because it's not contributing to the plot anymore. She knows it wasn't important that she finds out. It's important to watch how she reacts. And, you know, I, I was saying before we got on, you know, this this could be shorter. He could cut out the full song for every time that it does it. There's a 12-bar blues um, song that plays when I, whenever um, it's either the partner or Charlie is on screen just to kind of remind us, oh, by the way, that's who this character is. Mm. He could cut out the entire song and just, like, play the first little bit. We could We could gather enough clues. But that's not the point. And I love. I, yeah. I, 
I like how he 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 keeps us invested in this life moment. Yeah. Because it's it's not for plot. It's right. for the substance. It's like a feeling he's trying to make you feel a specific type of feeling cuz I think this film like with his other works that I've seen it's not so much about I think what is happening but he's trying to capture an emotion. Yeah. And most of his, at least, you know, with, with the other films that I've seen, it's like there is this lingering sense of loneliness and, and sadness, not necessarily despair, but uh, this kind of isolated feeling, hopeless romanticism, uh, I guess. Like where separation, would you say? Um, sort of, but I guess more like loneliness, like chronic, uh, maybe not chronic loneliness, but just like hope reaching for, you know, this, this love that, you know, these characters are, are trying to reach for the hitman. Um, well, more so the muted guy and like the, some of the women, um, in the film, like they're trying to grasp onto uh love they're trying to grasp onto love because they don't like being in this like mode of loneliness yeah they find it um debilitating so i think the fi- yeah i think Wong Kar Wai he's just trying to capture that that feeling and he, i think he does that very well in this with you know and his style i don't know his style his visual language um captures that so well i don't know what it is it's just like the way that he plays with frame rates um the lenses the angles are crazy the lighting the color grading yeah um i mean he literally switches up like he goes to black and white a few times um, there's that one yeah. sequence where it's just that, that like wide shot of um, the mute man and is it Charlie? I don't even know. What at the soccer pitch? No, 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 no. Before that, they're sitting on a table inside that cafe the restaurant, and it's black and white. And it, the left side of the frame where she's sitting. Oh yeah, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Sort of like it's like as if water was falling inside the actual film itself. That's where the blues is. Um, and yeah, yeah, that sequence. Yeah, exactly right there. When it, it, yeah, it seems like there's water coming into the camera or something. I don't know how the heck he did this, but, and then everybody behind them is like moving in like very fast and they're moving in slow motion and she's just kind of sitting there. Yeah not moving she's frozen she's stuck in a she's specific m- mode of missing she's she's thinking about johnny yeah uh or whatever and he's he's like trying to hold on to her as much as possible and he knows that maybe there's no chance that she's going to stay with me yeah but he's she's infatuated out he's infatuated with her Right. And you've got that dimension. You've got him, you know, trying to see if she'll pay attention to him. If oh, if I lean on your shoulder, will you touch me? Will you comfort me? Will you be here with me while this happens? Well, I don't think I don't think that's like actually happening physically. I think what that scene is is just that's that's something in his head. You know, when you think about something and you it's like the expectation versus reality sort of thing um, you know and he's like that's reasonable he's like ex- he wants to he's pro- he's he's trying to project this like love and and cl- clinginess to her mm-hmm. and she's not reciprocating that and he's feeling this despair i think because of the black and white that showcases that a little bit more and he's like trapped in this this cage yeah and she's not letting him out, and it, God, it's so beautiful. I love that's but that's probably one of my favorite shots, uh, the entire film. Probably my favorite shot of the entire film. It's good. Yeah, I just it's, God, like I mean it. I said I said this already a lot of times, but it really captures that that emotion, that feeling of, of loneliness. Yeah, 
and of wanting the the longing for love like so perfectly it's crazy um it's sort of like you know i mean it's not at all related to the before trilogy um you know with uh, ethan hawk and julie delpy and richard link later you know ethan and julie they play two lovers and each film takes place 10 years after another um the first film takes place in their 20s when they meet they have one single night where they spend together in venice or not in venice in vienna and um it's like it's a very romantic film it's mm-hmm. a very realistic film i mean all the film i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast before maybe i have but i know i've heard you talk about it before yeah i i love that trilogy that's probably my favorite tr- film trilogy of all time um i i love the before trilogy but yeah that those those films capture love in a very well, one realistic way because all you see them do is just talk. All they do is have conversations for every film for like an hour and 30 minutes. Damn. It's just literally just them having a conversation and that's all it is. That's all you see. Wow. And it's the most profound, some of the most powerful cinema I've seen in my life. And this is sort of the same way, but not using dialogue. It's using visuals, f- cinematic language, to portray that emotion, uh, yeah, in the same in the same powerful way. That's what I would say. I mean, I, I, yeah, this is just absolutely brilliant stuff. Yeah, uh, from Wong Kar Wai. I mean, what I love is that this this beautiful dialogue, these beautiful narrated pieces that I've been talking about, they're translated. And I, I know th- I feel like things always get muddy in translation. And things are more genuine if you if you were speaking the actual language, because translation says there's not an an exact English word for, you know X Y Z, and I, I I didn't get super into is this the exact translation is this, uh, were they taking liberties were they trying to get the message across were they just trying to use as few words as possible, who knows, but, like there's something you're you're exactly right about you know the expression of loneliness. And there's beautiful, beautiful metaphor throughout um, Hojimo, the mute man, after Charlie decides to go back with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and kind of leave him alone. He has invited her to a second match. And, and we get, I mean, just I, indulge me for this. He just says, she didn't show up. You could cut it right there. And that is such a loaded phrase because A, that means he was there and she was not. Mm. And B, that she knew about it. She purposely decided not to or at least didn't meet him there. Uh, There's that separation of this is over because they did it once together. But not again is sort of that that ending mark. Right. And he goes on to say, oh, I was there early and I stayed until everybody left and she just wasn't there. Yeah. And he talks about an expiration date. His expiration date came up first within her. Mm. He expired. Yeah, that's right. She's still inside of him. Uh, he says, uh, when I looked at her, I suddenly felt like I was a store. And she was me. Oh, that's right. Without any warning, she suddenly enters the store. I don't know how long she'll stay. The longer, the better, of course. Mm. Like, oh my that's so god good. that's so good like i mean he's a businessman yeah, he's a, he was always invading businesses late at night so it, it's a, it yeah. makes sense for him to go to that image but also like mm, that that's the business owner's goal keep your customers as long as possible so that they can buy more stuff and spend more time and enjoy themselves more right if you find someone that you love spend spend time with them and in have experiences with them and you know Hope that they stay in your life for as long as possible. <sighs> yeah, this is amazing. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it's so good. Ah, yeah. Stunning, absolutely stunning. I love it so much. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. This is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I I want to hear what you think about the hitman. Okay. I I really want to want to know what you think because he. He does this thing that I have 
come to love in, in poetry, in song, now in film, you get the same line at the beginning and at the end. And throughout the middle, you've received more information that puts more weight behind the line. So mm. it shifts the meaning. And I, I think that, that that writing technique, that strategy right there, is gorgeous. It's so good. Like, it's cliche. Can I see it from a mile away? I mean, I could. I couldn't here. But, like, what, you, you realize it immediately. And then you're like, oh. And it hits me like a ton of bricks. And it mm. feels so good. Like, he opens up. The hitman opens with hit, uh, with narration. Yeah, in the film, that's mm-hmm. the, that's I think the first line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes. Um, I mean, the first line is, "We've been business partners for 155 weeks. This is the first time we've ever sat together. We hardly ever see each other. I know how hard it is for a man to control his passion. Partners shouldn't get emotionally involved with each other." What if we were to take that and and make that? I mean, I feel like that's a heartbreak line just kind of waiting to happen there. Partners shouldn't get emotionally involved with each other. Because he's talking business. Yep. Business and personal should stay separate, which is, I, I feel, an opinion that most people have. I don't I don't I don't think anybody wants to go and work go to work and date their boss. I mean that that I mean I might just be projecting, but <laughs> <laughs> frankly, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. But like imagine that in a relationship. Partners shouldn't get emotionally attached to one another or involved with one another. What kind of relationship is that? It's very transactional. It doesn't hurt when they leave, if no. they leave. Yeah. But it doesn't do much either. There isn't, yeah, you don't get it. The only things you get out of it, well, I guess in this instance, is monetary. Your company. Company yeah. and shelter. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, routine. Yeah. Security, I guess. But it doesn't hurt. Yeah. How about that? But she does get hurt. Yeah, she does get hurt because she is emotionally involved. Yeah. That's, that's, ah. Yeah. I, I, mm, that's the point. And then the line that he repeats over and over, or, or at least from the beginning to the end, the best thing about my profession is that I don't have to make I don't any decisions. His, yeah. Um, They're always made for me. Yeah. I'm a lazy person yeah, a by lazy nature. Person. Yeah. I like people to arrange things for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's or if it's it's already been decided. Like with his death, he kind of accepts it. Now he has like the choice to die. No, he no. said no. He's well, he's dying. He he's been shot. Well, right? he says the choice. He doesn't have a choice. Yeah, it's already been chosen for him. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, he he's expressed that willingness to change. But in that yeah. moment, he's like, well, oops. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. It's 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 the nature of my profession. And I think that's, I think it's really, really cool how he, Kawhi introduces that line at the beginning. When we see him kill a bunch of people right at the start. Because yeah. we, we get that apathetic feel. We get that cold feel from him. That distanced thought. And we're like, oh, he's just apathetic and he just kind of wants things. Then we see that desire to change. Then we see, okay, I will I will melt. I will do one more. And then we see him die. Yeah. And we still get that narration in the present tense. Like it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I like things arranged for me. Yep. Which is what makes me think that, um, his partner called the hit or called ahead, tipped him off. That's just, that's just what I, what I, um, jumped to in my head. I mean, it's, I mean, that's what I thought too. Yes. She probably set him up. Agreement. 
But yeah. This is where the bare naked ladies come in. Oh, the ending? Yeah. The ending was beautiful. No, because it's that strategy again. It, they've got a song came out in 2000 called Tonight is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel. And it's basically about a car accident, a fatal car accident. And so it opens up. Um, you get this like waltz feel. It's an accordion. feels like it's like dinner on an Italian an Italian restaurant in America. Yeah, that, that very specific. That's that's my vibe. Um, but the opening lyrics are, Driving home to be with you. The highway's divided. The city's in view. As usual, I'm almost on time. You're the last thing that's on my mind. Wish I could tell you the way that I feel, but tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. It ends, you know, we get this, um, the conclusion that he is dead. I'm just a posthumous part of the scene. Now I'm floating above looking in as the radio blares and wheels spin. Um, and you, you're the last thing on my mind. And that's how, that's how they end. They repeat, repeat that line. You're the last thing on my mind. Where initially, last thing means, oh, you're the furthest from my thought. And, but now here, it's literally the last thing that he was thinking of. And I love that little that that strategy because I think he does it here as well with with the hitman's character, and I, I I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the ending though the the final like ten minutes with um, the mute man and what's her is her name Charlie? Yes, Charlie, and then the partner. Yeah. The par- no, 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 no. It's, it's yeah. the partner and the, the mute guy. Yes. Well, the first it's the mute guy and Charlie, and then it's the mute guy and the partner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because cause the, wasn't the girl that he wanted to be with, did she leave? Because I think he said she left to Japan or something. What? And the mute guy, he says that in the narration that the girl he wanted to be with left. See, I thought that was Charlie. Oh, so, left. okay, so that, that woman right there. Yes, that is her. That's that's the... Same woman who goes to the soccer. Oh, okay, okay, but she, yeah, she never recognizes him. Or at least she ignores him. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. But he recognizes her. Yes. Yeah. She meant a lot more to him than she, uh, he did to her. Mm-hmm. And again, there there's that like frame rate thing where he slows or yeah he slows down everything around uh, the mute guy, and he's like kind of moving faster, sort of. Or yeah. I don't even know. Or not or, continuously. Yeah, it's like different, but he's he's kind of like in his own world, is his like own bubble, and they don't they acknowledge him sort of, but he's kind of just. Invisible, sort of. Ramp up that isolation symbolism. Yeah, it's very, very <laughs> gut wrenching. Sad. It's so sad it to is. see him like collapse, and he's not acknowledged by her. Cause he's sweet. He's good looking. He's kind. He's caring. Mm-hmm. I mean, some could. Does he care too much? Possibly. Can't eat that much ice cream. Yeah. Can't force people to eat that much ice cream. I should say. <laughs> but. What do you think about the title of the film relating to the ending? Fallen Angels. Because I read about it, and that that's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, I honestly don't know. I didn't really think about that, to be honest. I thought it was a cool-sounding title. <laughs> I didn't really think. There's probably there's definitely meaning to it, right, I assume? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, like the term Fallen Angels is like, you know this being of goodness. Yeah, it's like it's biblical. The mm-hmm. Being of goodness. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. That you know rejected, tossed down from heaven. They don't love. They don't want to follow God anymore. Um, you've got this scene that might be the two fallen angels, the partner and the mute man, because the mute he's 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 cleaned up. He's a sh- uh, he's a chef. He's working. Mm-hmm. He's got a business partner. He's making like an honest living. Yeah. 
but by the end he's fallen back into this these abusive habits of breaking in mm-hmm. and giving people haircuts at late at night and um I mean the fact that he's even in this last scene shows that he's he's regressed and he's in and he's part of that gang culture now mm-hmm. um in a group of people that would need to be assassinated because that's why I assume that she's there. Oh, okay. That's well, what I was gathering. Oh, I see. I thought he just got into a fight. Like he he had a beef with somebody and then just like started getting started a fight out of nowhere. I didn't think there was just like Well, I know he was starting to regress his his behaviors, but but like they were they were on the right track to improvement. And then well, yeah, no, 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 for sure. No, and then that's, there's that. That's certainly true. They start falling. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I completely agree. No, that's definitely there. But that's uh, no, yeah. But I, I think that that's just sort of how the how the title works in, okay. in that you know. Yes, it's about loneliness, isolation, love, relationships, all that. Beautiful, beautiful dialogues or, or narration symbolism, is present. Um. But there, there's that element of, is this like the way it's bound to be for these people at night? Um, because, I mean, you've seen Chunking Express. Is this is that film happier? Let Lighter? Yeah. yeah. Um, Does it take place during the day? Yes. Yeah. Because Wong Kar- there are, I mean, there are scenes at night, but yeah. there, it's night and day. Yeah. Because Wong Kar Wai was originally writing the Hitman story to be the third, uh, like a third leg in Chunking Express. Okay. And he decided, okay, it's taking place at night. The, the subject material is too dark. It doesn't fit in with the track that I want this film to take. So he moved it into this own its own world. And that's why Fallen Angels is has that story. Uh, okay. That's why, okay, that's why it's kind of referred to as sort of like a sequel. Yes. Sort of. Because the Blondie character, she's in Chunking Express. She really? Yeah. Yeah, she's in Chunking Express. Yeah. She play in the in Chunking Express. She plays like um, or her character. She is like a employee at some business, mm-hmm. and she falls in love with multiple different men. Mm. Uh, but they don't really reciprocate that same feeling. Um. But yeah. Would you say that that also mirrors isolation and? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I, I I don't I mean I think with Fallen Angels it captures that a lot better than in Chunking Express. I think that makes sense. Although that's just my opinion. A lot of people, more more often than not, people say Chunking Express is the better film than this. I get it. Because, like, between these three, In the Mood for Love is, like, considered to be Wong Kar Wai's masterpiece. Well, he has multiple masterpieces. Let's not get it twisted. But his, like, magnum opus. <laughs> yeah. And then Chunky Express is, like, number two or maybe even number one. And then Fallen Angels is... Somewhere. Depends on who you ask. It's in the top three. And then you have Happy Together in 2046. Mm-hmm. And then Days of Being Wild. But those those three films, Chunking Express, In the Mood for Love, and Falling Angel, Fallen Angels are like up there in the top three, top five consistently for those that are fans of him. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I, I enjoyed this the most. But the ending is, is amazing. Yeah. When they're driving, they're like, it's that, who's narrating? Is it him? It is. Um, I kind of forgot what he says, but is it sort of like what he is it a repetition of what he said in the in, in previous instances in the film? It, I don't think the the speech rep repeats, but the shot repeats. Yeah, with the the motorcycle in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's hap- that happens multiple times. Yeah, I mean you you get the image of the the rubbing of elbows. And oh okay no 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 oh yeah yeah the rubbing of the elbows yeah he's he's like 
you sometimes when you do when that happens the people that you meet something may happen something may not happen but in this instance he felt a spark with the part uh, yeah the woman the girl it finally changed because he said oh we've rubbed elbows so many times that there were so much that there should have been sparks but there weren't right or more concise but he's Mm. like i don't know what happened but something was different yeah and i felt it and then they go motorcycling and and she i think has the last lines doesn't she with um Mm -hmm. it's been a long time since i rode on a motorcycle yeah yeah she does it was just nice to be close to someone right right yeah she kind of has solace she finds solace and comfort in in the fact that there is somebody that is reciprocating what she was trying to or what she was feeling for the hitman. And she was finally kind of getting that, that feeling of, Oh wow. Finally. Somebody understands me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I mean, again, like before I started watching in public, I was like, okay, cool we've got all this now what am i gonna do about it because i'll be honest i didn't know much about where this was going i could you can't i couldn't project where this was would end up i couldn't project how this would happen and so you know in the last ending you get the killing of the hitman you get him meeting up with the partner you get the charlie's abandonment of uh the mute man you get um, the partner and the mute man motorcycling, and you get that mirror image. You get the hitman's mirror dialogue from the beginning. This is all in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, like it's rich. Mm-hmm. It's full of like banger scene after banger scene. That's like incredible, and I, I'm gonna say it again. I love the fact that he doesn't go dialogue heavy. That the narration is used repeatedly. Mm. I love how he works it because it's, it does, you know, sorry, Andrew Dominic. Yeah. That's, I was gonna say, that's, that's how you put narration <laughs> in a damn movie. <laughs> that is how you do it. That is how it works. You gotta, you, 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 you gotta st- establish with it and stick with it the whole time. You make it part of the story. You accompany that with action and character development on screen and not just a shot of a wheat field. <laughs> Imagine it's dark. Oh my god! It's dark in Hong Kong, and they're talking, and and we and we see you know the partner cleaning up the apartment, and then we cut to a wheat field. Let me hear. I'm a hitman. I like things arranged oh for me. Oh my god! I'm a lazy person by oh, nature. Please. You're no, hating. You're I hating. am hating, but you're you know hating. What? I'm justifiably hating. Nah, that is totally justifiable. Nah. Absolutely. I disagree. I think this is beautiful. I think no, this is amazing. I, no, this film is I think this and film is better. Andrew Dominic uh should not base his screenplay off of a book. No, I mean I will agree. This I'd say this film is better than the assassination <laughs> of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Although they're very different films. Yes. But I, I would prefer to watch this over that. Although it depends what day it is. I mean because yeah. that film does capture a different type of mood and feeling. Yeah. But um, no, this was brilliant. I I love this. I this was it's great. Yeah, a lot, a lot. I need to rewatch. In the mood for love and Chungking Express after watching it. Because again, I don't, I don't know. They those didn't, those films didn't click with me like this one did. Um, you think it'll. I think yeah, I think I'll understand. Um maybe not understand, but I it'll the feeling I'll capture better with the other two films after watching this. And then also I got to watch 2046 and Happy Together. Um and Days of Being Wild. Just get all of them. Yeah. Just get all of except them except for my Blueberry Nights and Grandmaster whatever that's called. Why are they are they not good? Do, do people do people not like them? No, lame. <laughs> boo, yeah, boo, 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 boo. Grandmaster, the Grandmaster. That's what it's called. It's just called the Grandmaster. 
you know, I uh, in doing research, by the way, this was reckon it was recognized by I think it was the Hollywood. What was it? I don't want to. I don't want to get it twisted. Um, no, not Hollywood. It was an H though. Hong Kong Film Awards, nineteen ninety six. It won for three, three things, and I was I was uh, I was surprised at least by the combination. Uh, one for score. One for cinematography. And it won Best Supporting Actress for the woman who played Blondie. Oh, wow. Which is not the combination that I was expecting. Like, at all. Didn't win for Best Director. Um, I mean, of course, this is specifically Hong Kong film in the uh, 90s, 95, 96 year but it won what it was nominated for which was pretty nice like I I enjoyed this very very much because it, it was short it was to the point it got a, mess, a clear message across that was incorporated in through the film through the script through the uh, character, design choices the lighting everything had a purpose everything worked towards that one goal and it was beautiful poetic yeah yeah that's all that's all that's all i got yeah i mean yeah i don't i mean just go watch it please do i also gotta i gotta mention the action sequences in this are some of the coolest action sequences i've ever seen they are really cool they are so cool with the way that he slows time down, yeah. He, yeah, and then the angles, the effects, they're kind of like exaggerated. They're very exaggerated and blown out. Yeah. And there's this kind of like out, washed out look to it where it's very blurry and like there's a lot of things that are moving and happening. It captures the chaotic nature of of um, of action very well. Yeah. Um, and it just looks awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's so cool. Yeah, when he sh- when he sh- when he does his his hits. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really amazing because it's just it treats it like the uh, the eyes do with what we see. You know, it's just a bunch of pictures really really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, stunning. Yeah. One car away, falling angels. Woo! <laughs> oh boy, what's in your name? Oh, did you watch the Barbie trailer? I know it's out. You haven't watched it? I haven't watched it. I know Michael Sarah's in it. <laughs> yeah, he plays this guy named Alan. <laughs> I guess that was a Barbie doll back in the day, and they discontinued it. That figures, honestly. <laughs> and Will Ferrell's in it too. Yep. Simulu. Yeah, and apparently there's like a lot of people from the show, or not, is it a show, Sex Education? No, yep. Is that a show? Emma Mackey, it is. Yeah, apparently there's like a lot of actors and actresses from that show that are in the film. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have had that parallel. I'm excited. But it'll be good. It'll be a very, very film fun of the time. year. Yeah, oh. Film of the year. You heard it here first. Best, imagine we go from best picture winner, everything, everywhere, all at once, to best picture winner, Barbie. <laughs> that would be so funny. I would, I would honestly love that. that I really so want funny. it to be good. I really it's want gonna it to be, be good. It's going to be good. Don't worry. Greta Gerwig's directing it. She wrote it with her husband, Noah Baumbach. I mean, they're both amazing writers. Although Noah Baumbach, I mean, I didn't see White Noise, but I know they didn't really receive too too well. I mean, it's based on a book. Yeah, um, Don DeLillo's White Noise. I don't. What was the last? Oh, I mean, the last film he directed before that was Marriage Story, and that was great. Ooh. So, buckle your seatbelts. There's good stuff coming over the summer. Oh yeah, Barbie, and then. The Spider-Man to enter the Spider-Verse trailer. I didn't oh, watch yep. that trailer, but I'm I'm excited for that. And then Oppenheimer too. Oh yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll play I'll play us off. I'm a Barbie girl. No 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 in stop. A Barbie world. Oh. It's oh. fantastic. 
Life in plastic. Oh, no. I'm a Barbie girl. And now it's going to be stuck in your head, too, all no, day no, long. No, oh, no, not just you, Tristan. No, it's not. No, just imagine the poor people listening to this. They had no idea we were going to go on this this Barbie talk. And then now they have Aqua stuck in their head. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Late April Fool's joke. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Something with Colin Farrell in it, please. Uh, Lobster, oh, Seven Psychopaths, so Banshees of Inisherin. Children of Men. Wait, is he? No, wait, is that somebody? That is Colin Farrell, right? We'll get back to you on is that. Is that so, or hold on, let me look right now. I just, I just want to see Colin Farrell's face. Let me see, because I saw him in Banshees, and I was like, "Yep, is it?" He's good. The wind in the rushes. Oh, it's Clive Owen. Damn, it's a different guy. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, <laughs> I just want to have an excuse to watch that. <laughs> Masterpiece. <laughs> Dude, that film is so good. That's one of the best films of the century. What, Children of Men? Yes. Okay. It is. Capiche. Understood. To be determined. That needs to be released in the Criterion Collection. Anybody f- from the Criterion Collection, you guys need to get on it. Get on it and release that film. We're just we're just gonna master it in four K, please, right now. Do it this moment. We're gonna email this uh, to them as an attachment, just as a email Alfonso. A email Alfonso right now. Tell him, yo, put it on, or Colum- whoever has rights to the film. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> anyways, anyways, this has been the Cinematic Odyssey. That's right. Here on United to the Moose. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, next week we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We always do. Yeah. We'll figure it out. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's definitely nice to know what what we're doing, but Yeah. We'll publicize that. Yeah. That's why you gotta follow us on Odyssey.of.cinema. On Instagram. Please. Yeah, please follow. Thank you for all those that listen. Appreciate every single one of you. Yes indeed. Uh catch you guys next week. That has been uh, Fallen Angels. One car Y. Oh yeah. Forever. <laughs>